good night. Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about cocktailing in the French capital and bring you other small batch spirits news from France and beyond. So we talk a lot about cocktails, spirits, wine, other alcoholic drinks on the show. Um, and none of us, well, hopefully none of us, spend our time just drinking alone in dark rooms, thinking about only the liquid in the glass. That's why we drink with friends, to enjoy the conviviality of it, or we go to bars to experience something different or special, ambience, uh, watch the show of it all. And that's why the glass that your drink comes in can also make a really big difference. So if you like wine and you're listening to the podcast, you probably are already familiar with Riedel brand of glasses. If you aren't, they are basically the top of the line when it comes to glasses, uh, to stemware that's varietal specific. So in other words, they make glasses for specific types of wine to really enhance the drinking experience. They've also launched a, a cocktail, a line of cocktail glasses, and I'm looking at some of them right now, and they're quite beautiful. So I won't chat too much about this because luckily we have in the studio with us today Philippe Guillon, who's the managing director of Riedel France. And so he's going to talk to us a little bit more about that. Welcome, Philippe. Thank you. Um, thanks for taking the time to come down. Do you want to tell the listeners first just a little bit about yourself and your position? Okay, yes. Um, uh, my name is Philippe Guillon. I have been running the, uh, the newly created uh, uh, subsidiary for France since uh, three years now. So it's not that new anymore, but it's still fairly new compared to the other subs we have uh, in the world. Uh, before that, I was the export manager for uh, a territory which was partly South Europe, North Africa, a little bit of Middle East. I've been working with the Riddle family since uh, 13 years now. Mm -hmm. um, Great. Um, so can you also explain a little bit about how the shape of the glass, what aspects of the glass affect the experience of, of drinking whatever you're drinking in the glass? Hmm. Um, many aspects, um, but the most important are, of course, the size of the glass, the shape of, of the glass. Is it... Uh, narrow at the top or, or, or wide open, uh, the diameter, the rim diameter, uh, which is key because the rim diameter will uh, force you to drink in a certain way and will direct the flow of the liquid differently if it is very narrow or very wide, for example. Okay, so I guess the shape, um, part of the effect is the amount of space you have in the glass helps um, helps collect the molecules, which affects the aroma and... Mm -hmm. um, when you're controlling how the liquid is coming out of the glass, how does that change the drinking experience? Yeah. That's correct. There are, there are two things. There is um, the nose uh, and, and, and the palate. So what will impact the nose is the size of the glass because the size of the glass um, will allow, if it is bigger, for example, more surface uh, for evaporation. And this is what we need to get aromas. Aromas are molecules and... Um, we need a certain level of concentration of these molecules so that our human nose, which is not dog nose, so we need a higher level. Uh, so we need the, this level to be able to smell these aromas, these beautiful aromas. Um, this is actually why we swirl our wine or drink in the glass because then the liquid goes on the side of the glass and, and by doing so, we enlarge the surface of evaporation and we reach a higher concentration of, of, of these aromas. Um, so that's, that's for the first part. For what is happening in the palate, 
Yes, the rim diameter is key, as I mentioned before, because it will uh, force you to drink in a different way. If it is very narrow, for example, the first contact point will be on the tip of your tongue. Um, you will be forced to tilt your, your head back a lot, um, and, uh, and, and, and your glass will not have the same angle than compared with a glass which is widely open, where you don't need to force your head back and and uh, and tilt the, the glass very high up. So the way the liquid will co will come in your palate will be very different, and the first part that it will touch on your palate will be also very different. Um, something that really impresses me is the amount of time that the Riedel family has been in this business. So it's over two hundred fifty years, I think, that the that the mm -hmm. family has been involved in manufacturing and developing different glasses. So um, is there anything special about their approach other than what we've talked about already, how they t um, the different aspects of the glass that they develop in terms of palate and, and aroma? Is there anything special about their approach, and has it changed much, their approach to developing glassware over the past two centuries? Um, I would say no compromise. Um, you know, it sounds funny when you explain that the glass will make a difference. You you need to try it to really uh, believe it and and understand it. Um, often people would say this is good marketing to be able to sell multiple different glasses and have people buy tons of different glasses. So yes, we do a lot of marketing to sell our products, but when it comes to making our glasses, there is no marketing involved. It's only through um, empirical tasting. Uh, uh, with a committee of taster and only if the shape is uh, unanimously chosen to be the best one for what we are studying then we take it if we don't reach that level and it happens sometimes uh, then we don't do it or we try again that's very interesting. I didn't know that you have this tasting panel. If you're ever yes. looking for people for your tasting sure, panel, yeah, okay, I'm yeah. willing and available. Okay. I'm joking, but mm -hmm. it does sound really fun. Mm -hmm. um, so um, Riedel has been uh, historically has made all of these different shaped wine glasses, and um, can you tell us? So now you're making cocktail glasses as well. As well, can you tell the listeners a little bit about the cocktail glasses? Yes, um, this is this is fairly new, and this is due to um, um, a meeting that took place in the U.S. Um, George Riedel, uh, who is the tenth generation of the family. Uh, was conducting a, a, um, a tasting, a wine tasting, where we compare different wine in different glasses, and so people can experience what we mentioned before. Um, and 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 at this tasting was Zane Harris, who is a famous mixologist in the U.S. Um, and he uh, approached George Riddle, and he and he said, we, "Could we do something similar for cocktails?" And first, we were not at ease with the topic because. Um, with cocktail, it's hard. Everyone has its own recipe, so there are many ways to make a sazerac or to make. And if you change the proportions, then it changed the, the the whole thing. And then we could not say that this glass is is perfect for sazerac always, because we wouldn't know. You know, depending on the, on the recipe, it could change. So, as I mentioned before, no compromise. We have to be serious with what we do. So this is what we explained to Zenhar is saying. You know, it's difficult to do this with the same approach. But then said, yes, but um, what we miss in this industry is uh, technical aspects that we mixologists are really uh, looking for. And he gave us just one example. He said, you know, 100% of the old-fashioned uh, uh, type of glasses that we found on the market, um, 
the, the, the line, the, the, the sides of the glasses, they look straight, but they are never really straight. There is, they are always, how do you say, conic? Or mm, yeah, a conical, li- a yeah. Bit. Curved. Co- conical, curved, curved. Yeah. Conical. So it says, and then this is an issue because I love to use this beautiful big square ice cube. And then when I, when, I, when I cut my ice cube to be as big as possible and put it in this glass, then it gets stuck in the middle. It doesn't go all the way down. And then when I make my cocktail and I pour it in the glass, because the ice is stuck in the middle, all the juice comes under the ice, which aesthetically is not very pretty. Then the customer feels he doesn't have a lot for his money because the, the level seems very low. And, um, and most important, the, the, the drink is not uh, refreshed well by the ice cube because it's under. So... Little details. I'm just looking for a very good, typical, classical, old-fashioned glass, but with perfectly straight walls. And so he got George Riddle very interested into this. And George asked him, "Okay, could you uh, could you make us a, a presentation um, um, explaining exactly what you are looking for for each family member of the of the the best possible glasses for a mixologist?" And so he did, and we worked together. Uh, for quite some time and made some trial and, and finally uh, came up with this uh, collection which is uh, called Drink uh, Glassware Specific, uh, Drink Specific Glassware. And, uh, and so every, every glass has a detail, was made for a reason um, and, and I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, well, and they're beautiful. As I said, I, I think they're very, very beautiful. So not just functional, but mm-hmm. uh, they're very sophisticated so when it comes to designing the glasses, uh, do you know if the um, if, if Riedel has ever considered other factors like using different colored glass, using something that's you know kind of opaque, or something that you can't see through? Uh, has that ever been a, a, a consideration or a possibility? Yes, we we have uh, some um, what we call blind tasting glasses since since a long time in the in the Somali collection, which is a handmade collection. Um, it's um, it's organic uh, element that colors the glass. Uh, it's very interesting to do this kind of tasting with these glasses because, of course, the sense of eye is is always misleading us. Um, we always George Riddle always and Maximilian his son also always says that uh, the only sense we should not trust when it comes to cho- choosing our glasses are, are the, the the sense of sight. Uh, every other one, yes, uh, touch, uh, you know, palette, nose, and so on. But uh, sense of sight is 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 often misleading. So, um, yeah. Are there any projects for other types of drinking glasses in the works? I know you, I think there's there's soft drink glasses, like water glasses. What about something coffee or tea? Anything else that might be in the future for Riedel? Um Yes, I mean. Always, there are new projects coming in. Um, we were very happy to to um, to make a, a glass f- with Coca Cola, for example, which we we made really in the same way that we are making our wine glasses, meaning based on on a comparative tasting until we could find the the, the, the shape that was really interesting for Coca- for for drinking Coca Cola. Um, we uh, we we already did glasses for coffee for Nespresso. Uh, which also are, it's a very interesting topic. Uh, the bitterness of coffee is something that uh, really the glass can can handle well or not. So that, that, that made the topic very interesting. We tried with tea, but we never came up with something yet. Uh, one of the very recent development was sake. It's, mm. a, it's, a, it's really a, 
another subject very interesting. There are lots of uh, diverse sake, sparkling sake. Uh, so the last uh, sake glass we made was for Junmai sake. And, uh, and uh, the uh, director of Riddle Japan actually came to Paris recently and conducted uh, a sake tasting um, at the Cordon Bleu uh, School. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I think everyone was very surprised first to discover for, for some of them how good sake could be, can be. And uh, and second, yes, the, the 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 impact of the glass shape on on its appreciation. Mm-hmm. Well, I think people naturally it's it's more natural to think about different shaped glasses for wine because already people at least have this idea of oh maybe a white wine glass mm-hmm. versus a red wine glass. So it's it's nice to kind of bring this idea to people that the, a, a range of different drinks can the experience can be affected by the type of glass that you're drinking it out of. I want to talk a little bit about the history of Riedel and the family. I understand there's some interesting history there. Is there anything that you think might be fun to share oh, yeah, with the, the listeners? Yes, the, I mean, we, we could stay here for, for hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you mentioned, so Riedel was uh, created in 1756, which is the, uh, the same year uh, Amadeus Mozart was, was born. Um, so 263 years ago. Um, it's still in, it's still a family business. It's still in the hand of the same family, which is uh, quite it's impressive. Yeah, quite unique, uh, especially you know in Europe, uh, we had uh, lots of things that happened during these uh, two uh, two and a half centuries. Um, but they managed. They 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 almost lost everything after the Second World War because all of their factories were located in what is today uh, Czechia, which after the war became Czechoslovakia, and and. Uh, and everything was seized, of course, and um, and so Klaus Riedel was uh, was uh, a young a young man who uh, established himself in Austria, and with the help of the Zwarowski family, uh, was able to uh, with his father uh, to buy a little uh, uh, glass um, uh, production, who was going bankrupt, and the municipality of the town. Approached the Swarovski to say maybe you could you would be interesting interested in buying it, and uh, and they said uh, we know this is not our business but we know someone who might be and so and so that's how Class Riedel started again from scratch, and uh, and uh, and again um, in three generations they were able to to build back uh, uh, such a position in the industry. So wow. I'd say after over 250 years and that many generations in the same family, they, uh, they've earned the right not to compromise on making, yes, <laughs> on yes. making their classes. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, so for you personally, if you were going to tell readers if they wanted to just buy one particular type of <laughs> renal classes, <laughs> I know that's <laughs> a really tough question, but, <laughs> but they're, they are justifiably expensive. So not everybody can have the whole range. Do you have a recommendation? Yes, um, I will also mention one thing. We uh, because this is something we are quite proud of. Uh, we we produce in our own factories, which are based in Germany and Austria. Um, um, we uh, all of our factories are uh, extremely um, involved in in uh, sustainability uh, uh, production, and we take very you know strong care of this and 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 and, and we are manufacturers so that's uh, something we 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 try to stay um regarding the the so this explained also you know that the price of our glasses uh, are, you know uh, it's produced in western europe so mm-hmm. 
everything costs a little more than if it, it comes from it, far it, away. There's a cost to doing something yes. environmentally, and I think that the public yes. should mm -hmm. be willing to bear that as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think this, that's justifiable. This, this is true. Um, so, yes, I always get this question, you know, I can only have one, one type of glass in my, in my cabinet. Um, so it depends on what you drink. But if you drink white, rosé, red... Uh, meaning di very different things, the most versatile glass that we have is the Riesling glass. So you can find it in different collections, in, in the Venom collection, which is one of the most famous, in the Veritas collection, which is a, a newer collection. And the Riesling format shape is, is, uh, is very polyvalent. This is the glass that, that many uh, uh, wine critics like Robert Parker, uh, Michel Bétan, Thierry Dessau have been using since always to, to taste and judge their wine. This is the glass that is used in many uh, wine tasting events, such as Vinexpo, Le Grand Tasting, and, and so on. Okay. So. Um, can you walk the listeners through what style of cocktail glasses you have? And for the listeners, I will put some photos and I'll put some links to, to these things in the show notes so you can actually take a look. I know you can't see them, but trust me, they're quite beautiful. Yes. Yeah, so um, the first shape is, uh, is the, the famous uh, Nick and Nora glass. Um, um, so it's it good to deliver on the mid palate. Uh, uh, this type of cocktail are high in alcohol, and 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 so it's 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 uh, interesting to uh, to direct the flow on the mid palate. Um, so it's a it's a very cute little glass that it's I personally favorite. like very much. Uh, then we have the uh, sour glass, uh, which is also interesting. Um, um, this uh, the top diameter is larger than the base diameter, so that when you decorate the glass with glaze or whatever, then then you don't stain the bottom part and you don't need to clean it up afterwards. Mm -hmm. Just little details, but that they are quite important. Um, then we have the, the we had this request after making this set for mixology that they also need a wine glass because sometimes people don't want to drink cocktail and they want a glass of wine, so we included this glass um, which uh, which only uh, carries the pattern on the on the on the foot uh, of the uh, of the other glasses, and then so the two first glasses Nick and Nora and Sour are blown glasses, so we we. we um, the machine blow them so that the walls are very thin, and this is very important, and this is what we expect with this type of glasses. And then the rest of the glasses are pressed, and by pressing, um, it's great because you have thicker wall, they are heavier, uh, but then you can have a decor in the glass. Um, and the decor, so we have straight lines, and we have little, uh, how would you say, pyramids in the bottom, little, a crown. Yeah, kind of ridge, ridges, at it. it's sort of not etched, but uh, yeah, <laughs> little ditches, ridges in the bottom in a star burst pattern. Okay, thank you. Um, um, and, and these ones, so we use them as a, as a filling mark. So the top, the top of the, of the pointy, uh, the top part mm -hmm. of the triangle in the bottom uh, is uh, is six uh, centiliter mm -hmm. um, um, for whatever glasses. So this is why you see this is smaller here than here because the glass is wider. But so that's a that's a true help when you you know uh, when you have a lot of people and and yeah, in, in it can the speed rush. up the the yeah, yeah, making yeah. of the drinks exactly. definitely without having to measure yeah. using a, a another doser. So this is the neat glass. So as it says, uh, um, this is great for drinks uh, with no ice. Um, so if you have no ice in the glass, 
then you need a smaller glass um, because visually, otherwise, uh, it looks the glass looks empty and the customer will, will feel again that doesn't have a, a yeah, good value. Yeah, they didn't get enough. Yeah. yeah. So this is why it's a little smaller version that are old-fashioned. Uh, 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 this glass is called rock, rock glass. Uh, has perfectly straight wall so that the big ice cube can go all the way to the bottom. Uh, then we have the fizz glass, which is great for um, cocktails with uh, white egg, white eggs uh, uh, based. Um, the the foam again with this straight, super straight wall. The foam will stay for a long time at the top w without you know uh, falling on the side of the glass, which is also uh, uh, quite nice to have. And then the highball, uh, very classical, probably the, the glass that we sell the most, uh, including in now in, in nightclubs, not only in, in mixology or, or bars. Um, um, yeah, the Venus also. Very, very interesting. Just out of curiosity, can you put them in the dishwasher? Of course. Oh, yes, good. Of okay, course, yeah. of course, of course. Yes, yes, we... we uh, you know, if you work for the, the this industry, uh, restaurants, they, yeah, they, you that's know, what I was there, there's no way they are going to clean the glass uh, and polish them by hand. So, yeah. of course, they, they all of our glasses, including our mouthbone glasses, are dishwasher safe, uh, up to three thousand cycles. So it's it's a uh, it's a lifespan. Uh, so the 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 difficulty of of dishwasher is not about the action of of washing. It's just. Uh, how you're going to set up your glass in the dishwasher. But yeah. more and more dishwasher, uh, like Mide, for example, um, invented a very smart way uh, so that you can even use our bigger, biggest glasses and store them properly in their dishwasher. So, yeah. So. Well, I think you can also buy, I've seen, I haven't bought them, I just sort of stack my glasses in the dishwasher, but um, attachments that you can put in that sort of hold mm -hmm. them up straight. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, can you do you have a, a favorite cocktail that you like to drink in the cocktail glasses? And can you share the recipe for that with the readers, or sorry, with the listeners? Um, one of my favorite, which is a classic, is is the uh, old fashioned bourbon. Mm -hmm. um, so everyone knows the recipe, but it's sometimes it's difficult to find a, someone who really makes a, a very good uh, old fashioned bourbon. So another interesting one is called Widow's Kiss. Um, uh, it has uh, 44 milliliters of Calvados, 22 milliliters of Benedictine, 22 milliliters of yellow chartreuse, and two dashes of Angostura bitter. And it's best served in the Nick and Noah glass. I like this, uh, this uh, cocktail because um, I love Calvados. I live in Brittany, not far from Normandy. Um, Benedictine is made in, in Normandy, in Fécamp, and I visited the plant uh, some, some years ago. And it's also a very, very interesting and, and, and old drink. And of course, yellow chartreuse. So it's a very herbal uh, uh, drink, very intense. And, uh, and I think a little different. Yeah, I think that's nice. I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm going to try that. It does. It has lots of nice, good French ingredients in it. So, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. so that's a great choice. Um, if listeners that are here in France want to run out and buy the glasses. I know I actually first saw the cocktail line at um, uh, Ugiwawa, which is a great, yes. great mm -hmm. shop. Yep, they absolutely. Um, That's have a good place super to... stuff. But um, mm -hmm. is there uh, other places? Is it easy to find? Should they buy them online? Should, should we just direct them straight to the website to see where they can buy them? Um, 
uh, we need retailers, so it's good to buy them in a retail store or they will disappear if everyone buys only online. So, of course, you can find them online, but you can find them in, uh, in the department department stores in Paris like uh, Galerie Lafayette, uh, Printemps and so on um, they cost 23 euros for a pack of two glasses um, you can also find them sh uh, to Ogiwawa mm -hmm. as you mentioned before um, and uh, more and more cavists also uh, wine seller who, who are selling spirits uh, are interested and have requests for, for this range so It's still fairly new. We're, we're developing, but it, it, it goes very well. So hopefully soon there will be many places where we can find these. Yeah. Well, I'm actually planning on going to Ugiwawa and picking up some of the Nick and Nora. I didn't get them when I was there because there was an event happening, but um, but I just think they're gorgeous. I love mm -hmm. them. So, um, so yeah, I will stop by and see sure. those guys who are very nice. I encourage my listeners to go visit Ugiwawa as well. Anything else? That's about a wrap. So anything else that you want to share with uh, with the listeners before we close up for the for the episode? Oh, thank you. It was very interesting. We, uh, we, we are used to talk about wine glasses a lot, and this is what I've been doing for 12 years. It's fairly new for me to talk about um, cocktail and mixology. And, uh, and, but it's, it's very interesting, and I, we've been amazed and really truly amazed uh, how passionate these uh, the young kids, for the most part, uh, are, how professionals they are, And that was quite a surprise for us. We're very used to the sommelier world. It's a different world, but they are, you know, as passionate and, 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 and pros. And so it's been a real pleasure to discover this, this new world for us. Yeah, I'm sure it has. And I think that you really hit on something with the cocktail glasses. For me, this was super interesting to hear about some of the different aspects of the glasses um, and the things that were important when making them. So thank you very much. Um, thank you, Vice. For listeners, I like I said, I'll put in some links in the show notes and some additional information so you can go and you can read more about it and see the pretty glasses. And I'll put, post up the recipe for the widow's kiss as well. And um, so that, that's about a wrap for this month. Uh, do come back next month for more spirited news from France. And if you're looking for more cocktail and drinks talk between shows, head over to the site www.52martinis.com. And if you'd like to carry me around in your pocket, don't forget that we have an iOS app called Paris Cocktails, which is a guide to Paris cocktail bars. As always, thank you to today's guest and to you listeners for tuning in or downloading. Additional thanks to World Radio Paris for editing and production. Thanks to Emily Dilling of Perry Paysan for show notes and web assistance. She also has her own podcast and book and blog, so don't forget to check her out. Thanks to Sun Little for the music that we, that we use. I'll put up links to all of those people as well. As usual, we do remind you to please drink responsibly. And one last thing, just a little reminder that if you like what I do here, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. It apparently helps other people find the show, but it also just makes me feel a little bit better that I'm not just shouting into a void and I know somebody's listening and liking or at least leaving me some constructive criticism. And until next month, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. 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 Yeah.